that the church stand strong and keep preaching the truth and keep preaching the word. Uh, There's no better day, there's no more important hour than right now that our church doesn't back up, our church doesn't back down, our church still preaches the truth of the word of God. Uh, We need the Word of God. This world needs the Word of God. I need the Word of God. We shouldn't back down at all. Show, be the lighthouse this community needs. The lighthouse that this world needs. That there might be one more person be saved. If just one more soul were to walk down the aisle, it would be worth every struggle and every mile Look, sometimes you are you work at, at it and you witness and you pray and you where's the results? Look, the Lord will bring the results. If just one more soul were to get saved, it'd be worth every dollar bill that's put in the offering plate and everything that's every effort that's put forth so that one person can get to heaven. Look, I'm heaven bound because of a preacher who preached the word of God. And it was unashamedly told me so. I'm saved this morning because of a preacher who preached the Word of God. And the lighthouse is still true. And the lighthouse is still sure. And I'm glad I'm a part of a church that still is a part of the lighthouse. Trying to reach the lost. Running a station trying to keep people out of hell. That's what we're trying to do. Keep people out of hell. Acts chapter number 4, if you have your Bible this morning, Acts chapter number 4. And we've been studying here in the book of Acts, and this is the tail end of of this chapter. (coughs) John and Peter were arrested. John and Peter were thrown, uh, if you will, they were bound for the night or or a day or two, and and, uh, they, they were released, and they went back to the church, and they stood before the church, and that's what we preached on last week about how they stood before the church, and, and then they begin to pray. And they prayed for something specific. And we're going to read that. Uh, we're going to read what the results of the prayer. And uh, it's important as a church that we pray. We talked about that last week. I'm not going to re- revisit that message. Uh, uh, but it's important that we pray as a church. We pray in unity and so on and so forth. It is very important that we do that. But as we see in this text, the results took place. And verses number 31 all the way down through verse number 37, the results from the prayer meeting, the results from the disciples gathering together with their members and their church folks and praying that God would do a special work. So if you have your Bible, let's all stand if you can, and we'll read together verses number 31 all the way down through verse number 37. The Bible says in verse number 31, And when they had prayed. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, 
and brought the prices of them that were sold. And they laid them down at the apostles' feet. A distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And, jo- and Joseph, who was by the apostle, whom by, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, brought <coughs> and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This is what took place after the prayer meeting. This is an interesting thing that takes place. All the selling and the giving and, and the things of that nature. We'll get there and uh, at the end of the message. But this is, verse number 31 through 37, is the results of a prayer meeting. Now, we need to have results from prayer. We truly do. There's a right way to pray and there's a wrong way to pray. We need to have results from prayer. Lord, I thank you for your blessings. Lord, I pray that you bless the next few minutes I have. I pray that you'd help me to preach exactly what you want me to preach. I pray that you would help me to say the words you want me to say, withhold anything I should not say. Lord, I thank you so much for all you've done. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. So we, we read the scripture, how, what the results were. So I want to go back, if you will. You've got your Bible open. Let's go ahead and go back a couple of verses so we can see the prayer that they had. Let's hear the prayer that they prayed with unity. Uh, <clears throat> verse number 29 is the bulk of the prayer and 30. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and the signs and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. So uh, so these men and women, I don't know how many people were there. I don't know how big of a group they had. <coughs> but just a couple chapters ago, we read that 3,000 souls were saved, 5,000 souls were saved. So there are estimates from what I understand or from what our historians that the church of Jerusalem had blown completely up and thousands upon thousands of people were, in, were part of the first church there in Jerusalem. But in this, in this text, I don't know how many of them met with John and, and Peter after they had been arrested, but they came and they prayed and they met together and wherever they were at, they prayed. But if you'll notice here, then the Lord began to go to work on their behalf, answering their prayers because then they were filled with the Holy Ghost of God. In verse number 31, the Bible says, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, if you'll notice here, a couple of different things about that is uh, when you're born again, you get every bit of the Holy Ghost you'll ever get. And uh, He moves inside of you, and then what you do with that Holy Spirit of God is up to you. And what happened was, is they prayed, and they asked God for power, and then God gave them the Holy Spirit to fill them and to give them Power, And that's exactly what took place. They asked God for boldness and different things. And we'll go through all those in just a minute. But they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
You'll notice that in this text, uh, they did not begin to speak in tongues when they were filled with the Holy Spirit of God, which a lot of people take in a note and, and say that's what happens. But they did not begin to, to do things as such as that nature. They were filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and then they spake with boldness. So number one, if you will, when they prayed, they asked God for boldness. And in verse number 30, they asked God for boldness. And in just two verses later, there they met. God filled them with the Holy Ghost of God and gave them boldness to preach the Word of God. If you understand the situation, you'll understand why they prayed for boldness. I want you to think about this for just a moment. uh, That Peter and John were just arrested for being preachers. Peter and John were just arrested for believing in Jesus. And so they met together asking God that he would fill them with boldness. And God did fill them with boldness so that they could preach the word of God and not back down because the, 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 uh, the enemy was against them. The government was against them or whoever that was that was against them to throw them into jail. And just four chapters later, there's a man who was, uh, who was given the authority to go through city upon city and town upon town and go through each place and make sure if there's a Bible believer, if there's a Christian, if there's someone who's preaching in the name of Jesus, you either kill them or throw them into jail. They prayed for boldness and God gave them boldness. Listen, when we pray, we want God to answer our prayer. I'm not just praying a prayer to hear myself talk. I'm not praying to to make sure that I sound eloquent and, wow, man, did you hear that guy pray? No, I want to touch heaven with my prayer. I want to make sure that I I touch Jesus and, and make sure I get my prayers answered. That's what I want. If I pray for anything other than that, I have a wrong motive for prayer. The Bible says not to pray on your own lust. Look, Lord, help me win that, that billion-dollar lottery. That's what it was a couple of weeks ago, right? Help me win it, right? I, look, I, that's a, upon your own lust. Uh, hey, that's what you desire. That's the things that not necessarily godly. Look, we ought to pray that God would give us the, give us the right desires. And not ask God for our own lust. To kill that man. Would you please, Lord, help him? Right? That's your own lust. That's your own physical desire. When they met together, they didn't ask for a physical desire. They asked God for boldness to strengthen them, to give them what they needed. And God answered that prayer. So when we go before God, we don't need to pray upon our own lust. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God wants to answer your prayer. But we have to go about it the right way. <coughs> we have to go about it the, the specific way and be specific with God. Ask God specifically for things. You know, when someone calls me and asks me to pray, I, look, I, I just, okay, what, what's the situation? All right, let's pray. I don't need to know every detail. I don't need to know every heartache. I just need to know that we've got a prayer request and it's time to pray. Look, And it doesn't matter what's happening. If you're going to ask me to pray, guess what I'm going to try to do? I'm going to do my dead level best to pray for that situation and that God's will would be done in that situation. And I'll have to know every detail. Some people are private. They don't want everybody to know in all the details. Hey, would you pray for me? That's enough. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. 
We need to spend time praying specifically, not praying our own lust. They prayed for boldness, and God gave it to them. Number two, they prayed, and then God gave them power. In verse number three, or capability, if you will, <coughs> and with great power gave the gospel. They gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he gave them boldness to preach and the capability to be able to do the preaching. Now, I believe two things here. If, if you do, in verse number 30, uh, they are asking God by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. I believe, this is my personal opinion, I believe that God wanted to show His power. And He was going to show His power to the children, uh, to the church, by shaking the place. That's just my opinion. I feel like that's what took place as God was trying to show His church, I'll give you that power. And the whole place began to shake. I don't know about you, but if the place began to shake in here, we'd probably run and find a hidey hole, you know. I mean, we'd try to find a place to get under. But, but the, these children of the, these, this church, uh, when, they, when the place began to shake, they didn't, they, didn't fray, they didn't faint, they didn't run out, they didn't get scared because they knew it was the Holy Spirit and the presence of Almighty God. And He began to shake the place, and then He gave them power. The children, I keep wanting to say the children of Israel, but the church was given all, these apostles were given apostolic power. And when the apostles died, that power went away with the apostles because there was a place for apostolic power. These men were given the opportunity and the place and the chance to heal people, to do signs and wonders because that's what the Jews needed was a sign is what the Bible says. And they were given apostolic power. And this is a place where you get to see God giving them the capability, the power to do it. The power. And the place was shaken. And God gave them the power. But may I say this to you, is that if you're... If you need courage, you need to pray that God would give you boldness and courage, and He'll give you boldness and courage. If you need power, then we need to pray and ask God to give us power, to have that power to, and the strength to be able to do what God wants us to do. Every one of you have something that you're dealing with, a sin that you're struggling with, something that, that's bothering you, something that may be setting you aside. You need the power of God to help you get through that, help you get over it, help you get by it. That's what you need. And hey, I need the same. I go through struggles just like you do. I see things in my life that I go through just like you do. And I need the power of God to help me through those things in my life. Just like you need the power of God with you, pushing you through those things. Bible says in Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Who gave the apostles the power? Jesus or God did. Who gives us the power? The same God. He is the Lord. The Bible says, I'm the Lord thy God, and I change not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God the apostles served is the same God I serve. The same God that Moses served when he crossed the Red Sea is the same God I serve. He is still had the ability to give us that power. Number one. God answered their prayer and gave them courage. Number two, God answered their prayer and gave them (coughs) the capability. And then number three, God answered their prayer 
and gave them courtesy. What do you mean courtesy? I mean grace. Look in verse number 33. <coughs> and great grace was upon them all. What does that mean? What does it mean that God gave them great grace? See, I'm born again this morning. I, I'm going to heaven not because of Trenton. I'm not going to heaven because of how good I, I've been. I've been a good boy. I get to go to heaven. That's not why I'm going to heaven. I'm going because of God's grace. That grace, grace means that it is unmerited favor. That means I didn't have to do anything to get it. See, God gave them that grace. Great grace. Do you know why? Because He knew what they would go through. He knew what they would go through in life. He knew what was going to take place with these early church Christians. They knew. He knew that almost every disciple that, was, that walked the face of the earth would die a martyr's death. He knew that every John the Beloved would spend his time on the Isle of Patmos all by himself in prison. He knew that Paul would be a, mar- a, a, a crew... A, Good night. He would be in prison and beaten and shipwrecked and all those things in his life. He knew what Paul would go through. God needed to give them the grace to go through it. God give... Hey, there are times. How did you go through that? How did you go through that? God gave me the grace to be able to go through that tragedy, to go through that trial, to go through that tribulation. God gave them the grace... <coughs> Paul later says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 and verse number 9, And he said unto them, uh, My grace is sufficient for thee, my, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We need God's grace. We need God's grace to go through our difficulties. We need His strength. We need His power. Because look, you're going to face things in your life that there's no way you can get through them all by yourself. You're going to face death. You're going to face tragedy. You're going to face upset. You're going to face difficult times in your life. You're going to face those things in your life and you cannot go through them (coughs) without the grace of God. See, God gave them answer to prayer. He gave them courage and capability and courtesy. Now, my last two points are not answered prayer, but they're the result of answered prayer. Number four, they demonstrated because of being filled with the Holy Spirit of God, because of the Holy Spirit resting upon them, they demonstrated compassion. In verse number 34, the Bible says, Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the prices of the things and were sold that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' seat. Now watch in verse number 35. The Bible says, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. See, what happened was, is the church 
after being filled with the Holy Spirit of God, they begin to bring things to the church to give to other people because they knew and they saw someone else's need. So many times we get so wrapped up in our own, our own selfish needs that all we can see is what we want and what we need and what we desire. Do you realize that there are, there are there's, I don't know, 25, 30 people in this room this morning and every one of you are going through something different. Every one of you might have a heartache. Some of you might have someone sick in your family. Every, some of you might have a financial difficulty you're facing. Every single person in this room is facing different places of their life. Yes. And our job as a Christian is to see those needs and care for our fellow brothers. See what would happen today if we all did this and we'd have a bunch of freeloaders out here uh, trying to get all the free stuff. That's exactly what would happen. But this was a spiritual church. This was a church that, that was close to God. This was a church that was in unity. This was a church that spent time in prayer. This was a church that, that the power of God rested upon them. And they didn't have any people out there getting it just because they, that it was free. They were getting it because they had a need. Amen. And the, church had, and the people of the church had compassion on those that had a need. There's someone in here that might have a need. Won't you tell them you're praying for them? Won't you tell them that, hey, go by and encourage them? Because everybody's going. We sang that song last Sunday. But everybody's going through something. Everybody faces a storm. Yeah. And they need us. Hey, we're Christians. We're brothers. We're all, if you're born again this morning, we're part of the family of God. Amen. Yeah. You know what we need to do to each other? Help each other out. Have compassion on each other. And that's what, that was, that's what was taking place here. They had compassion on each other. And then the last thing <coughs> you'll see, and the last thing is, is number five, I've got to look at my paper here, is the generosity. The generosity that took place. In verse number 36, there was a man named Barnabas. Barnabas was the son of consolation. Also, he was a, an encourager. That's what Barnabas was. We'll study through the book of Acts and you'll see that Barnabas played a huge role in the Apostle Paul. Barnabas played a huge role in John Mark. Barnabas played a huge role in the church. But Barnabas here, he was a Levite. And according to Levite law, you was not allowed to have land. But he had land. <coughs> so what did he do with that land? And he wasn't supposed to have. The Bible says in verse number 36, or verse number 37, he having land sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. You know what he did? He decided to be generous. He decided to be generous because he could. But sadly enough, some of the most generous people are those that have the least. If God's given you something, we should be generous with what God's given us. If God gives me something, then I want to give back to somebody else. As a Christian, personally, I've been given a lot. But this is not talking about 
This is talking about money. You say, Brother Trenton, are you talking about money this morning? Sure. You know what he did? He had land and he sold it and he gave it to the church. He was generous. Did he have to do that? Absolutely not. That wasn't what that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't what the Bible says. If you have land and houses and sell it and give it to the church, that's not what I'm telling you this morning. No. I'm telling you that we need to be generous to God and generous to the Lord. That's what we need to do. But if we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God and we've walked with God and we've spent time with God and God's given us boldness and God's given us power and God's given us the grace, He'll help us to be generous. Sometimes we're stingy with what we have. I ain't giving that. No way. I am not doing that. But it's generous. Generosity. Well, I'm going to tell you, be careful with your generosity. People don't take advantage of you. Because there are people that want to take advantage of your generosity. But just because someone's done you wrong and wants to take advantage of your generosity doesn't mean you should stop your generosity. Now, I'm going to be done. Are you generous? Do you have courage? You have boldness this morning. I want the power. I want the Holy Spirit of God's power. Yeah. I want God to answer our prayer. Chapter number five, it continues that story. People are still selling land and giving it to the church, but there's something that takes place in the first chapter number five that, mm-hmm. that God... Uh-uh. They get punished for it. If you go ahead and read first chapter, chapter number five, you'll see what I'm talking about. Has God worked on your heart this morning? Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you have doubts whether heaven will be your home. Don't let today pass without making sure that you're on your way to heaven. Amen. Maybe you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you've already done that and you've never been baptized. Then you need to make sure that, hey, you see Brother Trenton. Hey, I need to get baptized. You have a decision to make this morning. You can decide to let the Lord work on your heart and make a decision and change or let the Lord work on your heart and just stay still and go out your own way. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for this day. I thank you for everyone that is here. I pray that you have blessed, you have encouraged, you have strengthened folks, Lord. I also pray that if there's one that's lost in here this morning, that they would get saved. Lord, I also ask that (coughs) if there's one in here that's a brand new Christian,